Minus three is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook. You bet you get with Caesar's rewards. Must be 21 or older. Minus three with Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, sports fans. Welcome to a brand new episode of Minus Three, presented as ever by Omaha. We got our guy, Chris Long, coming up. Of course, you know him as a Super Bowl champion twice over, and now the figurehead of Greenlight. Listen to the podcast with Kyle Long, the rest of the gang over there. Big stuff going on in the Long family. We'll get into all of that in the meantime. Well, not in the meantime. I guess now you're listening to us now, so don't go back and listen to Minus 3 from earlier in the week. Listen to this episode in its entirety then and only then should you go back and listen to the earlier episode this week with our pal Kevin Hench. We dig in on the sorry state of New York baseball and start digging in on football season. It is here. One warning, Kevin Hench is down on the Bills. Reminder for Bills backers, I don't hate your football team as I'm already being attacked for being a part of saying that they may not dominate and picking the dolphins at three to one to win the AFC East. That bills team has lost a total of three games in three seasons. That's unlikely to repeat in an improved AFC East. So that's where it starts for me, but you do, you don't lean too hard into what you're hearing out of these training camps right now. Eddie Spaghetti on extra points, which you should listen to after you listen to this episode and then minus three, then listen to me, Sal, and Martin Weiss chop it up. Uh, Eddie Spaghetti announced on that episode that he likes the buzz coming out of Giants training camp. Don't you know, Spaghetti? What are you, a newbie? What are you, a rookie? How many times do I have to tell you? I disagree. It's all a lie. It's all a lie. Every news that you hear out of a training camp outside of injury Makes no difference. Don't li- listen to it. Don't don't make wagers based on what you're hearing out of training camp. That's for sure. It's one thing if a player or a team account is like, this guy's great. They're showing highlights. But I think when beat reporters who work for publications who have been, you know, especially the Giants, we're in a hyper focus on them. They've been fairly critical of the Giants who have been brutal until last year. Um, they have no obligation to be overly positive and they're just reporting what they're seeing. And I, I, I do agree with them. I, I believe the journalists. So I think there are right. some takeaways you can take. Also, if your quarterback is throwing, you know, zero completions and only interceptions and you're going to go, oh, I don't worry about that at all. I think that's also a problem. So I think there's a middle ground what you could, you know, pick and choose what you believe. Not me. I'm a, I am, I am zero running back strategy in fantasy. I'm zero information from training camp strategy that only gets in your brain and messes with it. I'm not doing that. I'm sticking with the Dolphins. Um but I do talk some AFC North with our old pal Ike Taylor and his pal Mark Berg and our pal too on their great podcast. Uh, make sure you track that one down. We have a great conversation about all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Our guy, 2-4 Ike Taylor, now a scout with the Steelers. So we get in on all that. And Eddie Spaghetti got in my ear to say, Ivan, Ike's son, who was in South Bend looking at Notre Dame, a highly regarded prospect coming out of high school is Ivan Taylor. Bad news, Spaghetti. I forbade Ike to let Ivan go to Notre Dame. I I, I have to have a stand. I'm not going to let that happen. Not on my watch. No, thank you. Look, I'll only accept it. If he doesn't want to go to Notre Dame, if he gets, you know, these really nice offers from these high-powered SEC schools and he wants to win a few rings, I'm not going to blame him for that one. But if that's not the case, come to South Bend. No, no, no. I told him Pitt. I told him Pitt's where he's got to go. That's where it's at right now. Pitt is it. All right. Chris Long is it, as you're about to hear. Let's kibitz with our guy. 
right now. Let me squeeze in a quick break here. Let me ask you a question, Eddie Spaghetti. Why should you bet with Caesar Sportsbook? But before you answer, two words, Caesar's rewards. Those are the two words. Every bet brings you closer to the types of benefits only Caesars can offer. I'm talking about hotel stays, VIP experiences, sports and concert tickets, even more than just that. It's not only an app, it's an empire. 21 plus must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming, or Washington, D.C. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Utah, and other states where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start. Gambling problem? Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Ohio, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or Maryland. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or West Virginia. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, D.C., Nevada, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Massachusetts, if you or a loved one is experiencing problems with gambling, please call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org for 24-7 support. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. How's married life? Aren't you married now? Engaged. 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 I'm hope pushing the marriage off till probably two years from now. We'll say that. But things are good. I appreciate you asking. Down the line, Eddie. Just That's pushing. It. That's it. You guys are Is together. That- is that good marital advice? Let me introduce him. Uh, you hear his voice already. He's the kingpin of uh, of green light all over the place on social media and otherwise doing gangbusters work there. It's not just Chris Long. It's also Kyle Long. It's the whole gang. I've been on the uh, program a number of times myself. It's a, it's a gay time every time I pay it a visit. Now he's returning the favor to us. He's a Shecky Award winner, as you know. Our favorite football playing guest from multiple years, I believe, in the past. And he also, his jersey hangs for all of time on the digital wall of fame. He's Chris Long. What's the poop, fella? Hey, um, real quick while we're talking about it, and you're handing out congratulations to Eddie Spaghetti on his engagement. Any counsel for him? Oh, first of all, the first thing is muzzle tov to everything's coming up long these days. Chris Long, now the father of a little girl. So muzzle tov to you on that. 
Thank you, dude. Yeah, th- uh, three weeks and some change old. June, well, Juniper is the full name, but I'm just calling her June. And uh, yeah, life's good. But Eddie, yeah, um, I just did one of these weddings this weekend. My youngest brother, Howie, got married. Howie and Erica, congratulations to them as well. Not the that's maybe- muzzle. And then also very quickly to Kyle, who has developed a gorgeous left-handed golf swing. I mean, I, 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 why, when's he going to go out to the Tahoe thing? If, and I'm not jiving about that either. Yeah. I'm surprised when he said he broke 80. He must be terrible around the greens because, man, had that swing. He must be fantastic from 450 up to the green surface, right? Yeah. Well, me not knowing anything about golf, just seeing his videos he posts and like seeing him hit the ball occasionally, it's like anything he does. He's great at it. You know, he just picks it up. He's a natural and he's been that way with golf. And so, like, I'll watch his, like, highlight reel and kind of get suckered into that. And then I'll see the scorecard. And I don't know much about golf, but two and two ain't adding up. And so, Mm. you know, Kyle has some work to do, I think, in the rough. But I'm not qualified. I only golfed once in the last year, pretty much. And that was, like, last week for my brother's wedding. And, Dave, people were saying that if I work at it, I might get the bug. Now, I don't think I'm going to get the bug because I don't care about golf, mm. but I do enjoy being out in the car with the fellas. Eddie, you got a uh, time of your life ahead of you, man. We just, I just went through this on my pod, marital advice. Well, number mm. one, like don't get married until you're ready. So if you guys are engaged, like you're practically there, no need to rush. Right. Cause your wedding is a thing that like every year you get older, you look back on your wedding and you're like, I would have done that differently. There'd be less people. That person wouldn't be there. Give you guys some time to filter out the uh, the ne'er-do-wells, as Dave would probably say. Um, and when it comes to marriage, my biggest pieces of advice are go on dates. Like, you got to go on dates. You got to keep it fresh. Uh, and it's worth fighting for, man. There's going to be a lot of ups and downs. It's not always fun. But when you look back 10 years down the line, because I'm 10 years in, you'll be like, man, that's all worth it. You're going to have, hopefully, a family uh, at the very least a beautiful union that takes a lot of work and don't compare because that's the biggest problem in society, man. You know, people compare things on their social media. They compare pictures, filters, that sort of thing. They also compare relationships. Tip of the iceberg. Everybody's relationship is up. Just, 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 just don't, don't fall for the trap. Boy, that was heavy and comprehensive. I really think you said a great many great things right there. Thank you, man. Um, I mean, you really did. Um, See, when you say like it's worth fighting for and everything else. See, for me, first sign of trouble with my first marriage, gone. It was end end of it. Cut clean break. That was the end of it. So that was so that's that's zigging against your zag. Saying it's worth fighting for, but if there's ever a point where it's not worth fighting for, then it's not. (laughs) But you'll know what's worth fighting for, and I think you got something, man. And you don't make babies. Here's the th- here's here's the least romantic thing. And I'm a relatively romantic fella, but this is the least romantic thing I can possibly say is and it's it sounds cold and calculating, but don't actually tie the knot. Don't do the actual legal deed of being married until it's baby making time. There's just, there's just no reason to do it. Right. That's what it's about that's what it's about. Me and my wife, Meg, we waited. Uh, till my, um, not 11th year. We, we waited like uh, a long time. Uh, we waited probably like seven years of like dating and maybe longer actually, but I didn't get married until late in my career. And part of that was cause I, I wanted to be, um, I, you know, I wanted to start a family like after football kind of, you know, or 
um, you know, in line with my retirement. So it kind of was career guided for me, but yeah, kids are the best part. And, uh, also another one, establish your, your routine, the things you like to do early. It's like setting the tempo in a game. You can't go into it the first year of marriage, trying to be this married guy and play by the rules. Like if you like to stay up late, if you like to sleep on a certain side of the bed, if you've got hobbies, you like, make sure you go establish those hobbies. It's like establishing the run game because five years in, if you try to be this parent <laughs> and you try to like play by the rules of marriage, there are no rules of marriage. There's a few rules of marriage, but the, you know, like you make your own rules on most of it. So make the rules. She'll make her rules, set the tempo, dictate the terms of the game. Well, Chris, your, your advice is great. I, I really appreciate that. We're, we are like, what are we now? Nine and a half, 10 years in almost uh, with each other. Um, yeah. But doing, we just had the engagement party and planning that and our parents both did an awesome job. It was pretty low key, just in like in her yard and, and Staten Island. We had a great time. It was like a frat party, but just like with engagement signs up, but that like planning that was so incredibly stressful and difficult. So I don't know how involved to like what percentage you were involved with decisions for the wedding. But every time yeah. we think of that comes up and we think about that and planning this and the, and, and Dave, obviously you go into, but it's like, I want to vomit every time that like, where are we doing it? What location cocktail hour food, this invite amount, this indoor, outdoor month. I'm like, this is just too much. I, I tap out. You just have to get really good at like appearing to be weighing in on the decision, but allowing her to- <laughs> which is also like marriage because you know, they're going to be, you know, I need you to make this decision, this decision, that decision. What should I wear? What should I like at the in the end? You just have to know that, like, ultimately, your opinion does matter, but it doesn't matter. And this is one of those situations where you can take full advantage of that and just play the game, you know, and just and just let her make the decisions. And keep in mind, too. And you've heard me say this repeatedly. Spaghetti is that day replaces for a lot of people something that apparently is missing in their day to day and year to year of their existence on the big blue marble this 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 need like we've talked about that a uh, that princess effect that it's the special day and plan for for years on end that feels ultimately unsatisfying cuz that day's going to happen and then it's going to go and then what on the other side of it kind of like what chris is talking about too is like this establish who you are in the first year of marriage. It's like a first date. As I always say, the worst thing you can do is go to a super swank restaurant, you know, like uh top dollar, super fancy and everything else, because now you've established that as the, as the yardstick and that every other date you have will be compared to that one. You got to yeah. set, set it nice and low. I'm not saying take her to McDonald's or anything, but you know what I mean? You know, something casual and everything. So that you're more aspirational going forward, not and, and the wedding day itself is is the is the wildest, weirdest event that has. I don't think it was like that in 1960. What would I know? I was only uh, I was only 27 back then. But um, <laughs> I, I don't think I don't I don't think that these uh, for it's been at least 30 years that in my generation, people have these lavish, ridiculous weddings. And, and to what end uh, when it's a day that the groom and bride don't even enjoy. They're just throwing a party for other people at some point. Exactly. It's very strange stuff. Exactly. I, I would have gone back and made the wedding smaller. I would have done a destination wedding. It's right. not that I enjoy a lot of the people that were at my wedding, but as time goes on, I alluded to this, like your friends change and there's certain people you lose touch with. We had a couple hundred people at our wedding. If I'd have gone destination wedding, 
that moves great because what it does is like a filtration system for people that really want to be there. And usually it's a filtration system for people that are, are supposed to be there. Right. Cause like if I get a destination wedding invite from somebody I'm not that close with, I'm not going. Uh, but if it is somebody that I feel like I gotta be at the wedding and we're close, like I'm going to go. So, you know, like, I don't know how far you are down the road planning, but yeah, to Dave's point, like it turns into this thing for everybody else. Well, wait a second. You only have one invite to hand out between the two. Who gets it for Chris Long's imaginary destination wedding? Tom Brady or Nick Foles? Nick Foles. Is that right? Uh, Yeah. And it's not because like, uh, I don't like Tom. I love Tom, but, uh, I don't talk to Tom much. Nick and I talked the other day. Like, uh, is that true? Yeah. Like he hit me up. He was with one of my college teammates playing golf. They'd run into each other. And, you know, I check in with Nick from time to time. He's a great human being. I love the guy. Uh, but you know, uh, there is that thing about Nick Foles where like, if he's in the room with you, he's definitely the King, right? You know what I mean? You guys Nick have heard the Foles is? Yeah. You've heard the rumor. Uh, oh, oh, oh. that's a, so, a yeah, king in that, that regard. I see. Fighting the king into the room but uh other than that like he doesn't yeah. he doesn't even bring a, a set of clubs he's already got all the club he needs in other words yeah he's on yeah, the list. yeah he's he, he's hitting off the tee i see so yeah uh but yeah no i i would probably invite nick um you know here's a weird thing that uh that may or may not make the final cut of this show but i'm gonna bring it up to you anyway my boy is a freshman going into into high school and he's decided to play football and they just had a football camp and I was asking him about it and it was a foreign experience for him. He's never got off and slept in a basketball gym for a couple of nights with a bunch of, you know, relative strangers and everything else and all the experience of doing that. You know, it's a rite of passage for a preteen yeah. teenage guy like all those all those moments of being on a team, including showering and so he brings up he's like and then you know then we hit the showers and i'm like what was that like was that weird for you to like you've never gotten into a shower with a bunch of guys he's like yeah it was would have been weird he's like yeah and everybody you know like uh i had their boxer shorts on and i'm like whoa 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 wait a minute people in shower, the shower? Shorts. in the shower and he's like yeah I, and i said wait you showered in every kid in the shower had their underpants on? And he said, yeah, yeah of course they did. And I, he's like, yeah, wouldn't it be weird? If the- it's like there were like 10 guys in there at any one time. Like, it would be weird if we were all in there nude, right? And I'm like, it's weirder that you're all standing. I mean, that's uh, it was never it's given almost, an option to wear almost, your underpants in the showers. Almost weirder to have your tidy whities on in the, in the locker room. Maybe I'm desensitized from spending so much time in showers with like 40 40- grown men yeah hanging but, brain uh, is the way nobody said there was an alternative but that's a, the what yeah. you have to do have you ever heard of that before no no i'm more concerned with shower etiquette you know things like giving the guy next to you space you know like picking the right shower you don't want to shower next to you know it's unfair to jason peters but i always use his name because he's so big you know like hit the radius on his backsplash with the water hitting him in the trap I mean, that's gonna be like three or four feet. So I'm getting hit with Jason fall down, cascade yeah. down onto you. Right. You want to find a, 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 you know, a guy who's not like a 300 pounder and find the open stall next to that guy. Uh, you know, there are towel etiquettes. Like when you get out of the shower, you know, uh, you want to throw that towel on. You don't want to be just walking around the locker room willy nilly. Um, there's a few <laughs> etiquette items, but I've never had to contend with people in boxer shorts. Well, but but that's just the way, 
everybody yeah. did it. I, I couldn't get over it. And he, it was so wild to him, the idea of like, so you just stand around nude with everybody. I'm like, I, I, I mean, I didn't, I never knew another way. Nobody ever yeah. told me. When you talk about etiquette in the shower, I thought you were going to say like, you know, is it appropriate to like, hey, can you, you know, help me on the back there? Yeah. Like that would no, be too no, much, no, right? No, you don't no. do that. Nobody would ever do that. No, you might pass the soap. You might borrow somebody's liquid soap, but you're never okay. going to borrow somebody's loofah, things like that. Like, so it's. um People it's have loofahs? Boy, okay. that's really fancy. People bring a loofah into the men's, into the team shower? Yeah. Well, this is a big thing that became like a kind of a, an issue on our pod. Nate Collins, one of my uh, mm-hmm, one of my sure. dudes on the pod, uh, gave me a lot of hell because I don't use a loofah, and you know he, he he said that it was this big cultural thing, and you know white guys don't use loofahs, and sure, and right. But I, I've never used a loofah. I'm not a loofah guy. There's a lot of guys who use loofahs. There's a lot of guys who use the back scrubs. Uh, I'm an old fashioned bar soap guy. And so, you know, I'd have my own bar of soap and you got to have your little bar of soap handler and you got to make sure that it doesn't get mixed up with anybody else's stuff. Uh, And when it gets back to your locker, you want to close it. So there's a lot of little tricks of the trade when it Mm. comes to showering. Well, if you have the liquid soap, I find it doesn't give you a thorough clean unless you have one of those little like, uh, you know, mesh ball things that you wet. But then that thing is its own can of worms. Cause like, good luck getting the soap out of that thing. The soap, once it's in there, it never comes out fully. The Irish soap- spring sport, Irish spring sport kills anything. Uh-huh. Uh, and if I have a bar of that, I feel good. Um, but yeah, the liquid soap's not going to do the whole job. I, 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 we, we need, we need 45 minutes at least to do the best sense of those liquid soaps, but we don't I have know. time for it. I want to talk I to know. you about pro football, but tangential at least to that is training camp i've said it before i'm going to say it again to you now if i were a free agent or even a a 21 year old prize prospect and i got drafted and a team drafted me even if i was the first overall here's here's the hardest one of all for me to say the pittsburgh steelers latrobe everybody swoons over their their uh their facility down there for for training camp the Pittsburgh Steelers even drafted me and they said like, yeah, we go to a dorm, a college yeah. dorm for three, four weeks for training camp. I'd be like, trade me. There's no way. I'm yeah. I, yeah. Would ne- I would never a dorm room. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a grown man at this point. I'm not it's sleeping in, a, in some dirty dorm room. Yeah, that happened to me my rookie year. Uh, it happened to all of us. Uh, but, you know, we went up to Mequon, Wisconsin, which at least was temperate mm. compared to St. Louis. I mean, St. Louis is like practicing in a hole by a river and it's 120 degrees and you know you can smell the the garbage from the dump across the facility it's bad it's like aaron brockovich stuff there's the burning <laughs> trash under, underground and like there's a class action lawsuit in st louis so on one hand it was nice going up to mequon um, <laughs> yeah because of because of the temperature uh but at night when i'm sleeping on this twin bed or whatever it is or maybe it's a full and I'm hearing Adam Carricker snoring like that's not fun. And there's no furniture in the room. And, um, you know, I do think like if I had a training camp, I've had coaches that were really good about this. Like we want to be at our facility. You know, we why would we go away from a state of the art uh, weight room? Why would we leave people's families? It doesn't make the work any more quality. If I'm 10, 15 minutes from my family during training camp, I might as well be on another planet anyway. So. You know, like it's nice to see your family five minutes a day. 
Uh, it's nice to be able to drive home on breaks. Uh, if you do get one, like a day off in the new CBA, like now you've got a day off, you got two days on or whatever it is. Back in the day, it was just practice, 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 practice. So especially now with the more free time guys have, I would definitely want to be on location. Good. So I'm on the right track. That would stink yeah. to have to go to, to dorm room training camp and people would, would, would accuse me of not loving ball not enough. It's not functional. It's just one of these traditions. Uh, and I get why people like it. It's like a going away as a team and that sort of thing. Sure. But, you know, maybe do that for like a week. This is what we're, we're in the window now of like Jim Schwartz with the Browns announcing like, hey, we want to lead the league in passion, loving football, mm-hmm. loving ball. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've talked to I've talked to some guys. Eddie Lacy was probably the personification of like, give me the paycheck. That's why I'm out here. But yeah. How how prevailing uh, an issue is this? Guys don't love playing football. I mean, I, it seems like at this point you must enjoy doing it or else you wouldn't have made it this far. Is that a, 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 a real plague in the NFL these days? Well, I didn't always love playing football every time I played football. Like, you don't have to love football every time you play football. I think you've got to have a, a why, like a motivation. Uh, and it doesn't necessarily have to be that you enjoy football. Like, for me, it was competing. Like, I loved competing. So while I hated individual period or I hated watching film of practice, the same cut up over and over again until 10 PM until we're dismissed at camp. Like I hate all those things. I hate meetings. Um, I didn't always like practice because I thought sometimes it was, it was, it, it wasn't pragmatic. Like we were working too hard, too close to the game or that sort of thing. But I always loved. <laughs> I bet that goes over with the head coach. Hey coach, we're, we're, we're got, we're, doing way too much here man can we pull it back a little bit well i mean you know that's that you know <laughs> battle of today's nfl is like players have more say so and they go to vets and like i can remember doug peterson used to pull us in the leadership council and say do we need to back off today do you know usually he's going to put us in pads anyways but like one out of every five times he might say okay i'll throw you a bone like the problem with with practice sometimes is coaches have to see every look And the only way they're going to see every look is they need bodies to do it. And there's not enough bodies on a team, especially late in the year, to get every rep of every look uh, and keep people fresh. And so, like, it's walking that line. Uh, But for me, it was just I love competing. Like, I love the the competition of inside run. I love going out, you know, nine in the morning, first opportunity to be challenged uh, bright and early. And, you know, I, I did, I did kind of relish that stuff. I mean, even though I hated camp, there was a part of me at the end of the night at 10 o'clock when I go home and look in the mirror and I got a forehead bruise and, you know, it's, I'm exhausted and, you know, um, taking things like the ultimate one day at a time kind of endeavor. I love the challenge of it. Now, I didn't always love football, but I did love pushing myself to get better and the competition of, Hey, a bunch of rookies just showed up. They're all trying to take your job. It's a twisted love, but it's a love I had. Now, there are guys that don't love either. They don't love football. They don't love competing. They're really talented, whatever it is. And usually those guys aren't going to last that long. But there are a few guys who have very su- successful careers who aren't like football guys because they're <laughs> so damn talented. Boy, I, I mean, that's another subject I'd love to spend a half an hour on. All the football cliches that are actually true versus the ones that are just abject jive. Um, all yeah. right. 
I, I, I have a million things I want to ask you, and I want to get them in in about like four minutes here. First Buddy. of all, I want to say this. Golf, I think you would like better. I would enjoy it a lot more if it were only 12 holes. That's that's my longstanding solve for it. You, you don't that's need right. more than that. Hole 12, that's it. I fall off hole, hole 12. Do six, front six, back six. And then like I, it's every time, like 13, 14, somewhere around there, I'm like, Jesus Christ, we still got five or six more holes of this crap. It's, of, it's over already. We have our, we, we haven't we made our point here today? That's all I was saying the other day. I was like, right? I hit the shot of my life, you know, like put it on the green from like 150 or someone, you know, like near the hole. People are high fiving me. I'm like, oh, I like this. Then we get to the next hole and I, I said it out loud because my buddy was with me. I was like, another hole. So, like, you know, I'm with you on that. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Um, you know, uniforms very quickly react to it. Something you and I have talked about uh, in the past, the, the affection for the 1960 Philadelphia Eagles uniform. They went early, late eighties, early nineties, buddy Ryan, Reggie white, yeah. uh, Jerome Brown, Randall Cunningham era. How say you? I think it looks great, man. This is one of the few things I liken it to a movie that everybody hypes. And then you walk into the movie and usually you're like disappointed. Like I remember when Inception came out, it's not like I don't like Inception, but I was like, easy guys, you know, like the, the Kelly greens are something that everybody's been salivating over and talking about. It's become like mythical and you know what the old ones look like, but the new ones, it's like, we found new pigment, you know, like, uh, like, since <laughs> yeah. around, like, they found a way to make those things even more electric. I think they look awesome. I know they Eagles fans crashed the fanatic site in four minutes hmm. and there was like a, a 5,000 person line outside the pro shop. Like it was black Friday the other day. So these guys and gals love that Jersey and I don't blame them. And then the other jerseys are great too. Like I haven't seen a miss so far this year. I mean, well, the Colts, you know, they're, uh, they're black and blue. That Looks thing deep. makes no that thing makes no GD sense. And the Lions that, are wearing uh, their, their helmet is now the color of a Ford Fiesta, which is a yeah. terrible looking thing. But those those are the only two misses out of all of them. I mean, there are really some so the Arizona Cardinals writing Arizona like I, that's my love. Yeah. It's like you have to have some self-esteem. You're an NFL team. You don't need to remind people that you're an NFL like. We're the Cardinals, everybody. Cardinals, the Cardinals are in a Go weird out. spot. I don't think they have like a, a, an option that's great. Like every team has a great option if they go backwards or whatever. Um, but the Cardinals, like, I guess you'd have to go back to the Pat Tillmans, uh, you know, mm -hmm. the Dave McGinnis era with the sun on your jersey and that sort of thing, like simplify things. But even if you just if you just fast forwarded that get up, like, I don't know that it would be enough. So like, I, I think the Cardinals are in a weird spot. Uh, I love the creamsicles, obviously. Um, you know, everything else I've seen this year has been really good. Like uh, the Seahawks look that's, awesome. I think that's maybe my winner out of yeah. all these grand unveils. I think the Seahawks I'm the most excited about just because they got so sideways with that sea foam and then yeah. the, the Navy. And you think back, I really, I'm the weirdo who I highlights like all time highlights are ruined for me when the other team is wearing a hideous getup. Like it's like the Washington generals effect on watching a globetrotters highlight or something. Like I hate that Emmett Smith broke the rushing record against the seafoam Seahawks. That same thing. Steelers <laughs> won Super Bowl 40 against the seafoam. And it's like, ah, crap. Wouldn't that have been cool if they'd been wearing their nice uniforms? 
Yeah, no question. Um, you know, there, there, there's some, some definite, um, stinkers in there. I mean, and you know, you talk about highlights, um, yeah, they're there forever. So let's get it together, guys. Um, I, I boy, I could tell you the story. When I think about dorm room, I a tip of the hat to my old man, a man of honor to his dying day. He went to his grave with the story of uh, the time me and him went to the dorm room when he was the pit doctor. And we went there and uh, Marino and his uh, roommate were burning tree with a couple of local coaches. <laughs> oh, no but, way. Oh, it's a longer story than all that. But it was no uh, way. It was the best. I was I was a uh, I was a very little kid, but hold, you're who's dad, in? Hold on, hold on, Doc. Hold on, uh, hold on, Doc. Hold on a second. Like, how big's this dorm room, Dad? Like, what's what's uh, how how long to take them to get to the door? And they finally opened it up, and the room was filled with smoke. It was uh, two girls on the bed. He just went up a notch in my book. He had sounded like an incredible person, but this is uh, this takes the cake for me. Take that, Nick Foles. Um, okay. Last thing. And then I let you go because uh, let's talk about one thing of some substance in the news right now, this running back thing. I don't know that there's a a solution to it. I keep making the analogy that it's sort of like when you watch love boat and you know, Betty white is still a star on love boat. She's just a guest star and she won't be there next episode. Same thing with these running backs. Dalvin cook, might be a star on your team in 2023. He's just not going to be there next year. That's how it's going to go. And I I don't think there's a a workaround available. How say you? Yeah, I don't know that there is under the current CBA. A lot of the, um, you know, the solutions that have been floating, mine included, um, have been, all right, if we could just interject and change the rules and make things right, right this moment. Like I talked about maybe um, a cap exempt fund that's uh, only uh, assigned a running back. So you can use this contract mechanism every couple of years or something like that, because most of these teams have the cash. What we're really talking I about. Agree, is but, that, but you know that, I mean, that's my question. Cause I keep hearing this. Okay. You're a high, you're a premium position as it were an edge yeah. rusher. I would say yeah. it goes QB, you know, Cor- maybe left tackle, maybe edge rusher, maybe corner, like yeah. are the essential Cor- items for the Cor- teams that are relevant. But like, how would that go over with you? Like, wait, what the hell? Why is the running back getting a special dispensation when I'm not? I'm I'm a premium I, I, position too. I'd be fine. I don't count people's pockets, you know. Like I I I don't like I also understand these guys are playing the most brutal position, the one that's mm. changed the least from you know yesteryear. I mean, like there's n- not a, a you can't protect running backs the way you can protect quarterbacks. You know, the run game is less important now, but it's still important. And I think you know, when you look at stats about the last 14 Super Bowl winners, only one of those players made over $2.5 million, I believe, and it was Marshawn Lynch. He's the outlier. Derrick Henry being worth his contract is the outlier. Uh, you know, and then you talk about Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara, who I think are probably worth it. They they get involved in the passing game. So when you talk about like a Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan Taylor He's good in the screen game. He's not a great protector, like picking up blitzes and that sort of thing. Like there, there are limitations to this game, relatively speaking. Now he's a great player. Uh, Another problem we have is I don't know what Jonathan Taylor's asking for. I have a feeling I know what Saquon Barkley was asking for. I know in December they were like a million and a half off. And who knows if they'd actually made up that distance, if we'd even be having this big like Zoom call fast this you know this mobilization of an entire position group so you know the the fact that we're that close 
And then Saquon talking about, I didn't sit out because next year, how am I going to ask for 15 million? Well, you know what he probably wants next year. I think when you look at these running backs, it's undeniable that I feel bad for them, but it's hard for me to think of a solution. Uh, and that's the hard part. But the Indianapolis thing is like taking it to another level, like putting a guy on NFI. You're actually cutting your nose off to spite your face because, uh, number one, Zach Moss just broke his arm. So now you've got a guy with 68 career carries carrying the load for you uh, with Gardner Minshew or Anthony Richardson playing quarterback. Uh, and then on the other side of things, free agency. I mean, you think about Jim Irsay's erratic behavior. And then this maneuver, like who's going to want to go play for the Colts? Uh, and then the third and final. That was a bizarre. That was a really a bizarre, uh, unforced error. Yeah. It was, as you say, like, why did you yeah. do that? Why did you go on social media or wherever else you first did this or say really weird behavior? Yeah, it is. It's weird behavior. And, you know, you think about the risk that it poses having a 23 year old kid running like a team's um, you know, a uh, Twitter account, because that's a thin line between like all hell breaking loose from a PR standpoint. Weirdly uh, and- confrontational with a guy who's like, Hey, I want to get paid my worth and everything else. And the, like, you know, that rhetoric from the player I'm- side, which I think the world kind of understands even Colts fans are like, yeah, listen, that the attrition of that position, the beating and everything else for the owner to, to announce his, his p- opinion and to denounce his star player is a weird move. Well, it's it's a bad look. And uh, above all else, even beyond this, like it just shows how, you know, Jim Irsay is going to do Jim Irsay. And like Mm. it's got nerve wracking to have him with uh, the entire public relations, you know, deal at his fingertips for a major organization, even though he owns it. You know, like I, I think I think it's a misstep by them. And so, yeah, it's messy. I'm not saying I would pay every running back. I'd probably pay Saquon. Uh, It depends on what Jonathan Taylor would want. I think, and this might just be me watching Josh Jacobs run the ball. Like, it's hard for me to believe, and this is a compliment to him, that he can keep going at this pace. But there is a problem, and the problem isn't just with running backs. And I mean, look at Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey's making $14 million. Tyreek Hill's making $30 million. You know, they, they, I think it's 30 yards difference in their production year to year over the past couple of years. And so, you know, when you look at like running backs, this is the biggest issue, but there's also other positions that are underpaid and it's just hard under, you know, today's, so I think you got to go more positionless and go by, you know, it's hard to ignore the context of the way the positions play, but let's go positionless a little bit more. Like Alan Lazard should not be making as much as Josh Jacobs. You know, like, yeah, right, right, right. Yes, there's certain there's certain things that when you hold them up, you're like, yeah, we can't fix the problem, but there is a problem that we can work on. And I think part of it is just judging players by their production. And, you know, this is going to encourage running backs to be more positionless. I do think we're still valuing running backs. Bijan Robinson, the top 10, Gibbs at 12 or whatever it is. Uh, we, we've seen big contracts like somebody was still able, willing to give up all those those uh, assets for Christian McCaffrey. Okay. You say I, it is, that is, that is to me the best evidence that the running back uh, faithful have on their side is if it's so, if the position is fungible, as they say, and so easily replaced, then why did the team that is renowned for being able to make any running back look okay in a system? Why did they go out of their way to get Christian McCaffrey for the price that it cost? That's the best proof that running, that there's a distinction to be made between an elite running back and a, a league average guy. 
people the, people want to talk you out of that, but that's not the case. And the last thing I'll say, you know, but like the problem is most teams and I don't blame them are trying to build in a different sequence. Okay. Like, so a bad team is going to look at a great running back and be like, why, why would we start here? You know what I mean? Uh, we're going to be down. We're going to have to throw the ball. This is a position that, we, you know, is not the best use of our resources. And, you know, it ends up being only these great teams that have everything built out are willing to, to you know, give up a lot for that final puzzle piece. I think that's more what running back is. That's right. Uh, a finishing piece. That's exactly what I always say. I don't think you, I think if you feel like you're really close, you can draft a running back in the first round. Yeah. The Patriots did it with Sony Michelle, who's now retired. All right, listen, I don't want to hold you up anymore. Steve Sarkeesian, the latest guest. Man, you really are on a roll with the the quality My of your guests. I don't know anybody who books in a, a football kind of show, as you can hear, Chris Long and his crew, three-dimensional human beings, Kyle on down. The whole gang is uh, funny and, and uh, a great show to check out, but also they get some of the best guests, so make sure you check it out there. You got to get Aaron Rodgers on because I – my or the big question is, every year it seems like there's a big football question. I'd started in my head with like, is Chip Kelly going to work in the NFL? Is Lamar Jackson going to work? All that. The big question is, will the Aaron Rodgers experience be a success, an abject failure, somewhere in between, some deeply uncomfortable moments with the media and Aaron Rodgers? Where do you come down on that? And you can give a very quick answer on this. No, I think it's success. I think I think hmm. they have a year. I think um I think they got a good roster. The problem is, and Jalen Ramsey got hurt in Miami, but their roster is incredible. That's right. And then you look at Buffalo, like Buffalo, I think is on the downswing a little bit, but that's a tough division. And so, you know, you talk about having to deal with the one bad team in the division, quote unquote, and you're going to be playing Bill Belichick and he's going to have something cooked up for you on defense. So I do think it's going to be a tough year. I think we've already seen the media stuff. And by the way, I, I, I don't think Aaron Rodgers. I don't think I would have been any different on the Sean Payton thing as Aaron Rodgers was. Uh, what choice does he have? But I think he has the thing wrong. I think Sean Payton's building his guys up, not making an excuse for himself. Now, the collateral damage was Nathaniel Hackett. But like, you know, when you're a coach and you're saying, hey, it wasn't the players, it was the coach. Like, uh, that might be wrong and break some code, but he's not making an excuse for himself. In, in fact, he's doing the opposite. You're right. If they struggle this year, you know what? You just said it wasn't the players. You said it was the coach. So you should be able to fix it. Uh, I, I think the Aaron Rodgers thing this week is much to do about nothing, but I can't wait till week five. Oh, I, I the, the only thing I the only thing I say is the media stuff hasn't happened yet. Everybody's so, being nice. Aaron's being nice. And the yep. New York media is being nice. There are going to be some yep. uncomfortable moments, I think. Yeah, Listen, not after. Cured the light, though, Kibitzin with Chris Long at every turn. Coming to us from Big Sky Country. What a pleasure. Muzzle tub to, uh, to you and all the Longs on all the great stuff happening over there this summertime Thanks. for you guys and uh, continued success with Greenlight. And we were just talking about a movie about the two girls who fell off the, the big pole in the middle of nowhere. And then the one died and a vulture came and ate her. And then her friend came down and killed the vulture with her bare hands. Go eat a vulture. Yeah. Here's yeah. I'm point. thinking about it. there's some flying around. Okay. Go get one. That would be the most ironic of all creatures to eat is a vulture. I, yeah, I think it might be. <laughs> it might be. Eddie, Did Eddie, nail, stick the landing, man. You know, good, good luck.
Thank, thank you, Chris. This is I'm going to clip this off and and uh, and send it to to Jada and say like, look, this is uh, this guy knows all. Uh, this is the advice I'm following. So I I do appreciate that. Then you fair. gave the best man speech. He's not going to have a best man speech. Instead, he's just going to project Playing the Zoom the call with Chris yeah. Long for everybody to sit there and listen to. Hey, come out here in a week or two because my morning jacket and Fleet Foxes are playing the Hollywood Bowl. Ooh, come on out. I'm there. Okay, I'll look. Six pack on me if you make it. Okay, brother. Thank you, Chris Long. You're the tops, pal. Thank you, dude. A lot of fun. I'll see you soon, anytime. And now a quick break. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There he goes, Eddie Spaghetti. Great stuff as always. That would be great if you pulled out a projector at the reception and you just Chris Long from Big Sky Country. Here's what he had to say about marriage and the advice that he gave me. That'd be a neat thing. Wedding advice, great music taste, great movie taste. Obviously, his NFL takes are great. Um, Chris Long is is really A plus, and he's a guy that uh, everyone should listen to because everything he says is super smart and he's just the best. He might win a Shecky Award in 2023 if he plays his cards right. All right, that's it for us this week. Like I said at the top of the show, great episode with Kevin Hench to go back and listen to, plus Extra Points, everything on the Extra Points Network. Maybe I'm biased, but I'm a fan. Check it all out, and we'll talk to you on the other side of the weekend. By which time we'll be that much closer to the kickoff of football. Can't wait. Until then, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven.